This is the last Sunday that some of us will be here because the semester is ending this week and summer is starting. I wanted to go to the end of Matthew uh, so that we can, as a community uh, together, uh, hear the words of Jesus at the end of this book. And then next week we'll jump back in and fill in the gaps. All right. So Matthew chapter 28, and I will read uh, the whole chapter for us. Matthew chapter 28. This is the word of God. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests, all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, would you help us now as we come to the words of our risen Savior, as we come uh, to this sending um, I pray that you would give us a willingness to be sent. Would you give us the humility to receive these words? Would you give us the clarity to understand them? And would you give us the courage to put them into practice? We need the work of your Holy Spirit now, so would you send him and guide us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I was reading this week an article by a sports writer named Brian Phillips, and he was describing this year's Iditarod. You know, this dog sled race uh, that stretches over a thousand miles, uh, goes for up to nine to 15 days in some of the harshest conditions in the world in Alaska. And the race begins in Anchorage, in the city of Anchorage, in the southern part of Alaska. And, and Phillips described the city of Anchorage as the end of something. Because Anchorage is the last place of the comforts of modern life before you enter the desolate, frozen, dangerous tundra of inland Alaska. Anchorage is a, it is a border place. It is the border between the safety of civilization and the threatening wilderness of Alaska. Galilee, in the days of Jesus, was a lot like Anchorage. Uh, not so much in its climate, it wasn't a terribly cold place, but it was in the northern part of Israel, and Galilee was a boundary place. It was the end of something. So it was at the very north of Israel, and so the further north you went, the less Jewish it became. And so Galilee was the border between Jew and Gentile. It was the border between the purity of Jewish religious practice and racial identity and the filthiness of Gentile idolatry. It was the border uh, between a Jewish faithfulness between the safety of the community of God's people and the danger of pagan culture. And so it is interesting that Jesus' ministry and life, as told to us by Matthew, occurs primarily in Galilee. It occurs at this border. And it is even more significant that after the ministry of Jesus, at the very end he heads south and goes to Jerusalem to die and rise. And then what does he do? Did you catch the prominence of Galilee in chapter 28? It's repeated over and over again. The angels say to the women, "Go to Galilee." tell the disciples to go to Galilee. Jesus meets the women and says, tell the disciples to go to Galilee. And then... The disciples gather with Jesus on a mountain in Galilee at this border place. They gathered with him at the end of something. And all of this is to say that Galilee is very important for our faith. If we want to know and follow Jesus, we have to meet him at this border. We have to meet him at the end of something. And so I want us to do that tonight. I want you to join me as we consider this place and consider what we can learn about Jesus from it. 
So three aspects of Galilee. It was a place of training. It was a place of sending. And it was a place of presence. So first of all, Galilee was a place of training. To encounter Jesus here is to encounter him as teacher. So when we hear that the disciples met him on a mountain in Galilee, it should trigger our memory of another mountain in Galilee that we hear about in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus gets his disciples together and he teaches them. He trains them. It's what we call the Sermon on the Mount. He tells them and us what it means to live out his kingdom vision in the world. He He gives us this vision for living out reconciled relationships with God and with each other. What did it mean to embody heaven's agenda on the earth? To love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And when we looked at the Sermon on the Mount, I said that that mountain reminds us of another mountain in the Old Testament, Mount Sinai, where Matthew wants us to see the connection between Jesus and Moses, where through Moses, God gave his people instructions on the mountain for what they should be, what they should look like as the community that belonged to him. And with that connection, Matthew wants us to understand that Jesus is not just another rabbi with debatable interpretations of the law of Moses. No, he is better than Moses. He has authority beyond that of Moses. And so to meet Jesus in Galilee is to meet one who represents the authority of God, whose teaching is not optional but definitive. And so it shouldn't surprise us then in in chapter 28 when he gathers his disciples once again on a mountain in Galilee to give them a final message. What are the first words out of his mouth? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus is not one voice among many. He is not just another professor with a Ph.D. from whom we can learn a few pieces of interesting information. No, to meet Jesus is to meet the voice of God. To come and find him at Galilee, we must come expecting to be challenged, to be confronted, to be shaped to be changed, even to be offended. We must come to him not evaluating, but embracing. For most of us, music plays two different roles in our lives. Uh, There's music that uh, can function as background noise for us. We can listen to it while we're doing some other work, while we're studying for finals, for example, and uh, it just stays in the background. It's background noise. And then there's music that makes us stop and really listen. There's music that grabs our attention, 
that forces us to shut off all of the other noise of our life so that we can hear it. Jesus' teaching must not come, become for us just background noise. It cannot just sit in the background of our lives playing while we seek our own kingdom. Note the music of his teaching as we find it in Matthew, as we find it throughout Scripture, must grab us. It must absorb us. It must own us. Now, to hear that risks a misunderstanding of what being a disciple is. It, it is, has the danger of, of making a disciple seem like someone who only listens. And so being a disciple means we come to church on Sunday and we hear a sermon and maybe we listen to a sermon throughout the week or we read a book or two. Or we only receive messages from Jesus. But that is not the picture of a disciple that we find in Matthew. Matthew teaches us a listening that leads to action. And so, to me, Jesus in Galilee is to find not only a place of training, of teaching, of learning, but also a place of sending. In chapter 4 of Matthew, Matthew tells us that Jesus is a light who is dawning in the Galilee of the Gentiles. And then a chapter later, in chapter 5, Jesus turns to this community that he is gathering, the church, the disciple, his disciples, and he says to them, not only am I a light dawning in Galilee of the Gentiles, but you are the light of the world. And then... In chapters 8 and 9, Matthew tells us of all of these miraculous things that Jesus does, bringing renewal and healing to all sorts of broken people. And then in chapter 10, Jesus turns to his disciples, this community, the church, and he says, go. Go and do what I have been doing. Go proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom of heaven. And so it should not surprise us when we come to chapter 8, when we come to this mountain in Galilee where Jesus once again gathers his disciples and gives them a final message. He says to them, go. Only there is a crucial difference because in chapter 10, Jesus said to his disciples, go into the Jewish cities. Take the kingdom of heaven uh, to the lost sheep of Israel. But what does he say now in chapter 28? Go and make disciples of all nations. So Jesus brings his disciples to this border between Jew and Gentile so that he can take them beyond the border. So that he can send them as the light of the world into the darkness of sin and idolatry. He brings them to the boundary so he can send them beyond it. So they can take the welcome of the gospel of grace 
to those who have been excluded from life in God's people. And how do they do this? Well, they reproduce themselves. They are disciples, and so they are to make more disciples. And what does that mean? Well, they are to baptize, which is a symbol of of initiation and identification. So in baptism, we are identified with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then they are to teach people what that means, what it means to live out that identity, belonging to God as their Father, as we see throughout the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus says, God is your Father. Now here's what it looks like to live that out. And so they are to baptize, God is your Father, and then they are to teach. Here is what it means to live that identity out. So to be a disciple is not only to hear, it is to help others hear as well. If we are going to meet Jesus in Galilee, we have to be willing to be put in motion. And that's hard, because some of us relate to the church and to Christian things like the seventh year senior looking for more ways to hang around. And Jesus wants to bring us to graduation. And and have you noticed in our graduation ceremonies, we call them commencement? They are a beginning. It's saying, you can't stay here. You have to go. (laughs) You have to take what you have learned and now live it out. This is what Jesus wants to do with us. Yes, he wants us to learn. He wants us to come to worship. He wants us to study scripture. He wants us to be in each other's lives. But then he wants to say, go. Take the light that you have received and share it in a dark and needy world. We must come to Jesus being willing to be put in motion. And what this means is that we have to be in each other's lives outside of Sunday. We have to be, we must be in each other's lives helping one another figure out what it means to respond to, to submit to the reign of Jesus in our work, in our studies, in our friendships, And in our families. What does it mean to live out the kingdom of heaven on a daily basis? We must be in each other's lives helping one another figure that out. And then we have to not only be in each other's lives, we must be looking for relationships with those who are outside of our community. Those who are beyond the border of the Christian community. Those who do not know Jesus. We need to be pursuing those relationships, praying for those people, and looking for ways to demonstrate our faith with our words and our actions in those relationships. And this also means that we have to talk about next Sunday. Because next Sunday this room is going to be a little bit emptier. This is, the, this is final week, finals week for our students, and it's been a great joy to have them as a part of our congregation this semester. Um, but 
what it means for us to be located close to campus as a congregation, as a church, is that we have an opportunity to invest in the lives of students, and we have the privilege to send them. And you know what? That can be painful. Because we build relationships, we grow to love them, and it's hard to tell them goodbye. It's hard not to see them for months over the summer. But we must respond to the words of Jesus as he sends us, as he puts us in motion, and give ourselves to the students that Jesus brings to them, to us, so that we can participate in sending them as the light of the world. And students, that means that you are not on the outside of our community just because you're here for some months of a year and maybe a few years of your life. It means that you are an essential part of who we are. That you get the privilege of participating with us in hearing and responding to the words of Jesus as he sends us, as he tells us to go. Now, to be sent, to be brought to the boundary and then pushed beyond it is a scary thing. It is a frightening thing. It means the risk of pain and rejection and failure and all of those sorts of things. And so we need to look at Galilee and find Jesus there and find that it is a place not only of training and sending, but it is also a place of presence. This mountain where he gathers his disciples one last time in the border place of Galilee should trigger the memory of one more mountain. It's the one we read about in Matthew chapter 17. You remember Jesus takes his disciples to the very northern part of Galilee and then he takes Peter, James, and John and they go up on a mountain. And in their presence, Jesus is is changed. He is transfigured. He shines with a brightness that is unexplainable so that Peter, James, and John get to see Jesus for who he is. The very presence of God in flesh. The very presence of God taken on skin and bone. The fulfillment of what Matthew had said earlier in the gospel when he said that Jesus would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Peter, James, and John, as they see the brilliance of Jesus, they see that truth. They hear that truth. So it should not surprise us when we come to this final mountain in Galilee in chapter 28, as Jesus gathers his disciples, he looks to them, he reminds them of his authority. He tells them of the mission that he's giving to them, sending them into all the world. And he says to them, his final words to them, the whole story of Matthew culminating here, I will be with you. Now why does that matter? Well, remember 
what has just happened. Jesus, Emmanuel, the presence of God in flesh and blood, went to Jerusalem and he embraced the shame of our sin. He debased himself by putting himself on a cross to die to take our curse. And remember, he didn't stop there. He conquered our curse. He rose from the dead. And so when he gathers his disciples and says to them, I am with you, the I means the one who is the presence of God, who has conquered death and sin, who promises life as it should be, who brings the kingdom of heaven on earth. When he says, I am with you, the I is the one who is the presence of God, not just with his people, but for his people. Fighting for them, going before them, preparing them, protecting them, caring for them, providing for them, empowering them, empowering us for the mission of going into all the world and to make disciples, to encounter Jesus in Galilee is to count, encounter one who will never forsake us. And because of that, we can hear the words that ring throughout this chapter. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I, the risen King, am with you always. There is a village in Alaska. It's called Tacotna. And this village has about 52 residents. Uh, but it is a famous village, and it's famous because it is approximately midway of the Iditarod this dog sled race in, in Alaska. And it is a place that almost all of the racers choose to take their required 24-hour rest. They choose to take it in this village because these 52 people shut their town down and completely commit themselves to serving these racers. They feed them whatever meal they want. They care for them and their animals. They provide for medical needs. They give them a warm place to sleep. And Brian Phillips described the village as human warmth surrounded by almost unmanageable sadness. And that is a little bit of like what Jesus wants to do with us. He wants to bring us to Galilee. He wants to bring us to Anchorage. And then he wants to send us beyond it so that we can be Tacotna, so that we can be individuals, families, a congregation, a community, not just of human warmth, but of divine light. Because in us and through us, 
Jesus is taking the sad world around us. And in us and through us, He is turning it into joy. So let's hear Jesus as He says, All authority is mine. Now go. I am with you. Do not be afraid. Let's pray. Father, as I hear the words of Jesus here at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, I am convicted, I am challenged, because I spend so much of my life building comfort for myself, instead of embracing the risky call of Jesus to go. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive us? We want to be a sent community. We want to be a community that embraces the truth that Jesus is with us and embraces his call to go without fear and take his light to our city and to our world. We are not sufficient for that. So we need your help. I pray that you would make Centerpoint a place that embodies these words. A place of warmth and light. A place that little by little transforms the sadness of sin into the joy of redemption as we witness to the power and the glory of our risen King. Would you help us? We pray all in Jesus' name. Amen.